So let's just recap. Our theme is a fruitful summer, God's power to change your life based on the fruits of the Holy Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. In part one, we asked the question, how can we be more loving? We concluded we must be led by the Holy Spirit into the way of love. In part two, we asked the question, how can we cultivate joy in our lives? And we concluded that we must ultimately live Jesus-centered lives. In part three, we asked the question, how can we cultivate peace in our lives? We concluded that we must wholeheartedly trust in God to cultivate peace. And today we'll be asking the question, how can we develop patience in our lives? Be patient with me as we work through this. So this is um, congregation participation. You'll be pleased to know. So what tests your patience? Or if you don't want to personalize this, what are the things that test people's patience? And I'm going to come around with a microphone. Fire away. Not being patient with God. Not being patient with God. Being ill. Being ill. Faulty and slow tech, like mobile, like mobile phones and computers that just don't seem to work the way they should. Technological challenges. <laughs> I was going to say people that spit on the pavement, but people that don't look after the environment, I guess. Yeah. People who spit on the pavement and don't look after the environment. Adultery. Adultery. Repeated question. Repeated questions. Okay. Do you want me to repeat the question? <laughs> okay. Running late. Running late. Getting old. Getting old. You're not old, Harvey, don't worry. <laughs> lukewarm Christians. Oh, lukewarm faith. Yeah. One more, one more. Yeah. When the post gets lost, it just it's annoying. Yeah, it's very annoying, isn't it? When our letters don't reach their destination. Thank you very much. That's the, that's the warm-up. Okay, so the psychologist uh, and psychological educator John Dewey said that the most useful virtue in the world, can you guess it, is patience. The fact is we need it all the time and we need it everywhere. So let's think about the passage. The Greek word for patience used in the biblical text, and forgive my Greek pronunciation, is macrothumia. It describes the type of patience that enabled Rome to gain control of a large portion of the known world. 
It describes a conquering kind of patience, an unrelenting patience, a persistence, a persisting patience. The kind of patience that I'm sure we all possess. It describes the attitude of God towards men and women. Although many people reject God and his ways, God has not rejected those who have rejected him. Like God, we must reproduce this loving, forbearing, forgiving, slow to anger attitude, patient attitude towards ourselves and towards each other. Are you getting the idea that patience is not something that's weak? Actually, it's something that's incredibly strong and powerful and persistent and unrelenting. So, Rick Warren highlights four challenges that test our patience. They come to us as interruptions, inconveniences, irritations, and inactivity. I'm sure you might be able to think of other things, but we've only got so long. The first test is interruptions. I'm sure we've all experienced interruptions. Yeah. Have you ever been planning to do something when suddenly the phone rings or there's a knock at the door? The disciples didn't really tolerate interruptions. They became impatient with the parents who kept bringing their children to Jesus and interrupting his busy schedule. How do you handle interruptions? The second test is inconveniences. Our culture has been accustomed to receiving immediate results. We have two-minute rice, we have fast food, and we have instant coffee. Yuck. Many of us don't like waiting. Everyone seems to be in such a rush. Have you noticed this? Especially driving. How do you deal with being inconvenienced when your priorities take a back seat because of the demands of others? How do you react? Are you patient despite the inconvenience? The third test is irritations. I'm sure we could all list numerous things that irritate us, and we already have, haven't we, at the beginning? But we're not here to moan, are we? We're here to worship the Lord, so we won't moan. Some of the irritations we experience can correct or rectify. But for some of us, the greatest, we can correct or rectify, but for some of us, the greatest irritations that we will experience are other people. Apparently, the oyster takes an irritation, a grain of sand, and turns it into a pearl. That's amazing, isn't it? Do you transform your irritations into pearls? The fourth test is inactivity. Many of us hate to wait, and we get frustrated by what we perceive as inactivity. Waiting is hard and is a real test of our patience. Have you ever rushed into a bad decision? Yeah, most of us probably have. 
And we've done it because we couldn't wait. Remember the prophet Isaiah says, those who trust or wait in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will not run, they will run and they will not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Amen. So what do we need to do to cultivate patience? What even causes us to be so impatient? In the list of the fruits of the Spirit, patience comes directly after peace. We've thought about things that test our patience. But how can we become a more patient person? How can we actually do it? Firstly, we cultivate patience by developing the right perspective. We need to find a new way of looking at the situation or the person that's given us the problems. Patience begins by changing the way we view something, changing our mind. Are you with me? When impatience gets a hold, when it gets a hold of us, we have a limited perspective. When we become impatient, it's because we are focusing on ourselves, on our needs, our wants, our schedules, and the thing that's hindering us. The root of impatience is selfishness. One way to combat selfishness and its byproduct of impatience is to learn to see things from other people's perspectives. This, uh, this, is, this is the secret to flourishing in relationships, seeing things from other people's perspective. If we see life from our partners, children's, colleagues, employers, employees, or our friends' point of view, then we will discover why that person feels the way they feel. We'll understand them better. The author of Proverbs says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offence. Proverbs 19, verse 11. Wisdom means seeing life and situations from God's point of view. Firstly, wisdom is recognising that we are not God. You and I are not God and we have limitations. Many of the things we will face in life will be beyond our control. Therefore, we must acknowledge our fragility and recognise God's sovereignty. Are you with me? Secondly, no one else is perfect. So we shouldn't really be completely shocked or surprised when people make mistakes or when they let us down. They are human. We're all capable of making mistakes, aren't we? And we need to be merciful towards others. 
even if we're hurt. Secondly, uh, yeah, no one, no one is perfect. Thirdly, we must remember that God can use the situations, God can use the interruptions, the inconveniences, the irritations, and uh, the inactivity that comes into our lives to accomplish his purposes for us. Just remember the clam who produces the pearl. He uses the clam, he or she, I don't really know what gender they are, he or she, the clam, uses the irritation to create a pearl. Again, the author of Proverbs says, whoever is patient has great understanding, but the one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Proverbs 14, verse 29. You and I should pursue patience because it is a mark of Christian maturity. It involves an ability to wait and to live with delayed fulfillment. That's hard, isn't it? Waiting. It's so difficult. But maturity involves waiting. Seeing life from God's point of view and having the panoramic and the bird's eye view helps us to cultivate patience in our lives because we're taking our eyes off the immediate, off ourselves, and we're looking at things with a broad perspective, with God's eyes. Are you with me? Secondly, we cultivate patience by acquiring a sense of humor can be really helpful to somehow find the fun in the frustrating. The author of Proverbs again says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like a cancer in the bones. That's Proverbs 14 verse 30. In other words, a relaxed attitude lengthens a person's life. And a good sense of humor can preserve your sanity, can't it? Apparently, there have been studies that indicate that people who laugh live longer. Humor dissolves tensions, and it can be medicinal, an antidote to anxiety, stress, irritations, and pressure. I find this helpful. Rick Warren uh, describes laughter as life's shock absorber. Apparently, President Abraham Lincoln was asked how he handled the stress of the Civil War. And he said, if it had not been for laughter, I could not have made it. There's something to this, isn't there? Rick Warren also says, if you can laugh at it, you can live with it. We should never trivialize our struggles. But if it can help, when appropriate, we should see the funny side of things. 
We don't always need to take ourselves so seriously. And I'm a fine one to talk because I've been constantly described as a serious person. I once won an award at a training course for the most serious face award. My argument was, no, that's just my concentration face. But they didn't believe me. Developing a sense of humor will help to cultivate patience within us. Thirdly, we cultivate patience by deepening our love. Deepening it. The Apostle Paul straightforwardly says that love is patient. That's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. The implication here is that when we are being impatient, we are being unloving. Ouch. Because love is patient. The truth is, when we care about someone, their needs, their desires, their hurts, then their point of view will truly matter to us. When we are filled with love, patience comes easily. However, when we are filled with anger, the smallest of things can provoke us. And that pressure that's boiling inside, it's going to come out, overspilling from us in undesirable ways and ways that are not attractive or demonstrate the gospel of Christ and his love for the world. So it's essential that we deepen our love for God and our love for people so that we can demonstrate the fruit of patience towards others. Being patient with people is easier to exercise when we genuinely love them. I'm hammering the nail in repeatedly here but are we getting the idea? Yeah. In my experience, it is easier to be patient with people when we anticipate that we might see them. And we anticipate that they may say things to us that we find challenging. The first best thing we can do is pray for that person The second best thing we can do is praise God for that person. When we do that, we will demonstrate what it looks like to look like Christ. Fourthly, and finally, we cultivate patience by depending wholeheartedly on the Lord. I have come to realize that patience is not merely a matter of my own willpower, but it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit at work in us. Being patient is not wearing a mask and pretending that there is nothing we find difficult as if we're superhuman Christians. That's false, isn't it? If God's patience is at work in us, we will have genuine inner peace. 
and we will be unaffected by all the challenges that come our way. Rick Warren argues that patience is a form of faith. It says, I trust God. I believe that God is bigger than this problem. And I believe that God has his hand in these irritations and he can use them for my good. Furthermore, he continues, faith helps us to say, God, what do you want me to learn? Instead of, why did this happen to me? What have I done wrong? My question to us is, what does God want us to learn in the predicaments that we find really difficult? What does God want you to learn today? The Bible is a book all about waiting. Have you noticed that? Noah had to wait 120 years before the promised rain came. Abraham waited 100 years to have a son with his wife, Sarah. Moses waited 40 years in the desert before he led Israel to freedom. Then Moses spent another 40 years leading Israel across the wilderness into the promised land. Everyone in the Old Testament times was waiting for the promised Messiah to come. Waiting is a part of our pilgrimage, it seems. In the New Testament, the disciples had to wait for the Holy Spirit to fall upon them. Why is there so much waiting in the Bible? Waiting demonstrates faith. And faith pleases God. Because in the process of being faithful, character is forged. When we are waiting faithfully, our character is being forged, chiseled, shaped into the likeness of Jesus. And in our waiting, trust is given to the God who rightfully deserves it. Most things in life will let you down. But God will never let you down, leave you or abandon you. It can be hard to be patient when we are waiting for an answer to our prayers. Waiting for that miracle to happen. Waiting for God to change our financial situation. Waiting for healing for our sick body or mental illness. Waiting for that particular relationship to be reconciled or waiting to step through the doors of that specific opportunity that we had longed for and hoped to see. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? It is very difficult when we are in a hurry, but God doesn't seem to be. Waiting patiently is an evidence of the faith that we possess. Patience can also be a test of faith. God may not move according to our schedule or time frame, but he is always at work in our lives. Always. 
God is using our experience to help to shape us to become more like Jesus. God longs for us to place our trust in him. The whole Bible reflects God's desire for his people to place their trust in him. The psalmist writes, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's Psalm 37, verse 7. We are called to live with complete dependence on God. Our patience is the evidence of our faith in him. I'm coming into land. Why should we be patient? Why? Because God is patient with us. He is patient with you and he's patient with me. And we've been called to be like him, to be patient with others in love. Being patient communicates that the Holy Spirit is active and alive and at work in us. Cultivating patience means carrying God's presence. How can we remember all of this? I've thrown a lot at you today. How can we cultivate patience with the right perspective, by developing a sense of humor, by deepening our love for God and for others, and by depending on God? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us all here this morning to demonstrate the fruit of your Holy Spirit, especially in the area of patience, where there are interruptions, inconveniences, irritations, and inactivity. Help us to exercise your peace and deal with those situations and the people involved in a way that brings you honor and glory by revealing your patience at work through us. Holy Spirit, fill us. Come and fill us up. Fill each one of us, your children. Fill us with power. Equip us with the fruits of the Holy Spirit that we may demonstrate those fruits wherever we are and to whomever we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.